This is the View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 28th of January 2020. My name is Patrick Smith. It's been a mixed weekend for your... No, no, wait a minute. Four points for your Belfast Giants this weekend. Let's sound that horn again. Yes, at last we were able to celebrate a four-point weekend as the Belfast Giants took wins over the Glasgow clan and the Guildford Flames. We've got a hell of a show. We're going to hear from Adam Keefe, Bobby Farnham, Ran Lowney, who says was talking to them down at training. Kieran Long joins us for, to answer your questions on the fan agenda. We'll, of course, look over those games around the league. And that uh, we'll talk a bit, a little bit about the player of the month competition. And we'll, of course, we'll look ahead to the double header and the visits of the Cardiff Devils this weekend. We'll be chatting with John Donovan about that. But the man we chat with John Donovan, Mr. David McJimsey, how are you? Paddy, um, okay. You've well, heard of, um, you've heard the metaphoric term, I suppose, of cold feet. Hmm. I've, I've, I've just got cold feet. Um, great TV show. Watched it last night. Yeah, I just don't have any socks on. It's a wooden floor. The heating's not great in this house. I've just got cold feet. You know what you need, mate? Socks. Stew. Stew. Let's not go down that road again. <laughs> Let's not go down that road again. <laughs> oh, sign that horn again, Paddy. That caught me on a worse. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling that the four-point horn. It's yeah, a new four-point horn. Many, yeah, after many weekends of... <laughs> Inconsistency, that's cheered me up. So it <laughs> and a man who last week visited the brand new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And I tell you what, Mr. Kitchen, it looks fantastic, to be fair. It, Paddy, it really is. It's absolutely incredible. Um, it, it's, I mean, I, that sort of thing doesn't normally get my, you know, get me going. But just, I mean, even just walking up the place and, and you know, the, the, the shop's incredible. The, the stand, the view, we had, a, we had a brilliant view. Thanks very much to Nike. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it, Lee, my mate Lee Carson organized them as his buddy works for them. So, um, thank God they won as well. That wasn't pretty, but, um, as most of the Spurs game this year haven't been, but, um, hopefully they're, they're starting to pick up a few points and, and the stadium is, is just a, a must visit if you can get a chance. It's, it's absolutely incredible. You need to get, if only you knew somebody who does the tours. Hi, well, you see, that's the thing. He doesn't do it anymore. Does he not? Hammy's, oh. Hammy's gone. Uh, he's working. Uh, I think he's. I think somebody needed to say told me he's working in the Lion King theater now. Hmm. So um, he's. I, I think he said Lion King, but uh, so Hammy's not there anymore. But yeah, uh, uh, it's it's definitely something. I'm, I'm I'm back in London this Thursday and Friday, and to be honest, if I do get a couple of hours sperm, I'm going to try and pick myself in and go and have another look at it. Yeah, I do love a good stadium tour, and that looks like a good one for it. Right, let's. Um, sp- speaking of great places to visit, Guildford. No, the um, let's have a look. Well, actually, before we look ahead to the, or should I look back at the games against Glasgow and Guildford? Um, it was announced, or it was uh, put through on Twitter during the week before the weekend that Richard Palmberg has gone to IK. Oskarsham in Sweden. Oskarsham sounds like when they announced La La Land ahead of Moonlight as the best picture. I've been thinking about that joke half the day. It's really convoluted, but I like it. Uh, but no, going to IK Oskarsham back in Sweden. Um, says I'll start with you just on a comment on that. The guy came in, guy had skills, guy's gone back to a better league. Yeah, well, I mean, you certainly can't blame him. I mean, what, 30, 31 now, so. You know, he, he's, he's, we all know that we've seen how talented the guy is. Um, disappointed that, you know, he picked up an injury and, and couldn't play the last couple of weeks. But, 
Um, you know, some of the guys, you know, play through injuries and some sort of, you know, they, they obviously he knew he was heading off somewhere else and I'm, I'm assuming he doesn't want to get hurt anymore, you know. So it's uh, it, it's disappointing to see him go. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to fill uh, the space to, for him to come in. But to be honest, the way we played at the weekend with just the three lines and one extra player, uh, I'd be quite happy playing against 5-1-5 five, five against anybody. We just need to stay in the penalty box yeah. uh, to do that. But, uh, yeah, good player, um, good guy when he came in. And and, uh, and you never know, he, he might make an appearance back in Belfast again at some point. Davey, thoughts on Pomberg? Pretty much just what Simon said. You know, um, he came, he saw he conquered while he was here. You know, he did very well. But like Simon, disappointed that he maybe felt he didn't want to play through the, the, the pain barrier or whatever in the last few weeks there, whenever he obviously knew that the, we all knew the move was coming, you know, it was, it wasn't a, a state secret like, but, um, you know, these things happen and, and players, it's a short career. Players have to look after number one a lot of times, especially I'm not going to say you can't, can't expect a guy to be massively loyal to a team that he's played for, for a month. Um, and, and really put his body on the line for us. So, you know, unfortunately, he wasn't able to get those last couple of weekends out. But we move on, and as Simon said, you know, we've been a match, even in the games of defeat, we've been more than a match for teams 5-on-5. Five five. It's just about discipline, and if we can get that discipline down the stretch here, last sort of 15 games, 20 games of the season, you know, we're a match for anybody. So it all starts this weekend again. Absolutely. So let's look back at those games following the departure of Pamberg that it just undertook at the weekend. Um, first up, the Belfast Giants took on the Glasgow clan at the SRC Arena. Last week, they went to Glasgow and beat the Glasgow clan 5-2. Glasgow come back over to us and we beat them 5-2. Uh, two goals for Elgin Pierce, one on the power play. Hamilton with a goal, Goodwin and Swindlehurst with an absolute rocket from the left-hand side. Clan goals, Laporte in the power play and Haywood. Owen, 21 shots against McLaughlin, still in goal for the clan. 26 shots against Uress were Thompson and Dalton. Davey, I'll start with you. Giants came out firing, did a bit of a wobble, but uh, but finished strong. Yeah, look, uh, we, we talk uh, all the time and uh, about the, the discipline issues, and we've talked about our Palmberg going discipline. We came out, we took an early penalty and mm-hmm. um, managed to kill it. Nice, fresh penalty kill. And coming off that penalty kill, Elgin Pierce, that lovely, he, he, almost an identical goal previous to that, where he skates across, sort of across the blue line, opens the net up and just fires it in over... Um, McLaughlin's shoulder puts us off that you know a really nice start only sort of six seven minutes gone in the game and we were able to press a wee bit that line of Hamilton and hooking for him we're creating havoc at times on uh, Friday or Saturday night I can't remember like, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday night it was Saturday, Saturday night you know they, they played really really well together and and they I think we per- perform really well as a team when we have that high ozone pressure where we pin teams in don't let them out get good line changes you've got fresh legs coming in off the bench on the blue line. You're raining shots in. McLaughlin did pretty well in that. You know, he's, he is what he is as a keeper. He's a developing. He's a young lad that's developing. You get a few behind him. It's going to be difficult for him. Glasgow clan playing, I wouldn't say short bench, but perhaps short they quality. They um, more quality, but I'm and, uh, sorry, we had more quality in terms of of bench size, it was maybe bigger, but you know they were still playing yeah, yeah. quite a, a shortened bench, if you like. Zach Fitzgerald obviously strapping the skates on and trying his best, doing whatever it takes for that organisation. And you know, we went on through that second period, got the early goal in the second period as well. Good one coming up with a, a, a really, really nicely worked goal. 
and from then we looked comfortable enough running a little bit of penalty trouble again but I just thought it was a kind of it was a nice performance it was professional five on five again I thought we contained very well we got we got into good we got into a lot of a lot of good goal scoring position we had a lot of looks you know he had to be he had to do pretty well and that's all in all it was a good game for us to have with an eye on on Sunday night again I think with this habit of taking the foot off the gas we better thought we played better in the third period than we have perhaps in a few games that we're, we've been leading in so that all set us up nicely for Sunday Says, I know, as Davey said, uh, you know, Fitzgerald iced and they did have a longer bench, but maybe not the quality. But the Giants, you know, finding the back of the net, missing, uh, Mullen, missing Liam Reddicks, who was up in the, in the, uh, commentary booth with you. But, uh, maybe is, is it unfair to say that maybe the clan don't have the quality at this moment in time? Uh, maybe a wee bit. Yeah. I just think there's some, um, you know, if you, if you do look out throughout their lineup, I mean, Chad Rye has been unsuccessful against us this season. I think he's got maybe one or two goals in eight games. Um, you know, Barham's, uh he's been pretty pretty good this season for him, but he's sort of going through a bit of a rough spell at the moment as well. Springer, you know, he does what he has to do from the back end side of things. And Matt Stannis, uh, the defenseman, I really like as well. Peacock was absolutely invisible. Um, yeah. You know, I, I actually forgot he was playing, to be honest. And and Peaks is sort of, if you want to say he's been on a really big downward spiral since he left Belfast, I, I don't think he's far from the mark. Um, I, I really like Craig Peacock, and, and I think he's, well, we all know he's got uh, a lot in his locker, but, you know, he, he's certainly not putting the points up for for um, for Glasgow, and I, I certainly find it difficult. and. And when, you, when your coach comes out to try and help you out, you've got to give him a big pat on the back as well. It's a, I've got a lot of time for Fitzy, to be honest. I've spoken to him a few times um, on, on for Belfast Giants TV, and, and I've spoken to him off uh, the ice as well. I've spoken to him on the phone a couple of times, and he's a real, real nice guy. And and they're just not firing at the minute. Like, we've been through that this season ourselves. And if you look at our game on Saturday night, I thought we were really good for about 50 minutes. You know, we, we took we took three penalties in the first ten minutes of the second period, and that gave them a wee bit of momentum. Yes, they, they didn't score until the third one, but at that stage, I think that was pushing just off a five on three, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so you know when you're when you've got a five on three, you should really be scoring as with the two extra guys, and they obviously did that. So. You know, that gave them a little bit of life. Um, they, they sort of tried to come back into it. We scored it again. You know, they got back into the 3-2. The and um, you sort of, you just wanted a real kickback from that. And we got that, you know. And, and Elgin, I, I thought we up, we deserved to win. I thought we dominated at times. I thought that, again, you know, Adam's always asking for a 60-minute game. He didn't get that on Saturday night. And, but... As I said at the start of the, game, uh, start of the show tonight, five on five, I would be very confident in this group against anybody else in the league. Anybody. We need to stay out of the penalty box. We need to get disciplined. We need to, you know, we, we just need to stop taking penalties that that are lazy. You know, you can, you can take it in the chin if it's a penalty that you have to take. We, we talked about this with Liam Reddick's here. Um, and Red said the same thing. I, 
I can't remember who it was who took a penalty as he stepped out of the corner. I think it may have been Ryan Lowney was stepping out of the corner and he took a penalty. Um, but it's one of those things where it's it's important that if, if there's a penalty needs to be taken and, you know, a guy's through on net or if it's a two-on-one and you just try and, you know, block a shot out of the way and, and then end up taking it. That, that, you can live with that. But some of the penalties we are taking are stupid. Um, Too many men. Yeah, that, that's... 23, that. 23 minutes, 10 seconds. I was just looking at it. I bet we had a too many men in this game. 23 minutes, 10 seconds. Yeah, and that... that I mean, Davey knows how many we've Off the top of my head, how many it is, but it's... But, it's, it, doesn't, it's, but it doesn't, Sam? Aye, well, it's 10 too many. You know, it, it's, it, you've got you've got five players on the ice, you have five fingers. Most of them people, well, most of the people have five fingers. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you just need to basically... It, 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 yeah, well, the one thing about it is... Guys need to get off the ice quicker. There's no dilly-dallying to the bench. Bust your and get off the ice. Yep. Um, get the next guy on. We've taken far too many of them, and I know it's really got him off. So, um, you know, we need to knock that in the head. But Saturday night, dominant performance, as I say. Uh, Well-deserved to win. And, you know, we, we, we're glad we pushed into Saturday and took a bit of form. Sorry, on Monday, and took a bit of form into Sunday as well. Let's move on to that. The, uh, the the highlights of this game are available Belfast Chance TV on YouTube. You also get the game report and post game of Ethan the Bridge interviews on KingdomOfTheGiants.com. It's been you know over the last number of weeks we've made maybe a bit light of the fact that the Giants have struggled to follow Sunday performance with what they were getting on Saturday, uh, but not this week. Sound that four point horn. The um, uh, Belfast Giants went to Surrey to take on the Guildford Flames to face them, having been beaten there just a few weeks ago. This time, a 5-2 victory. Goals from Hamilton, Goodwin, Farnham, Kieran Long and Rayner with the empty net goal. The other side from the Flames, Crooks on the power play and Schmier. Owen in goal, 31 shots against. And uh, Peters, 24 shots against. Your referees were pairing in Miller. Simon, um, the follow up, uh, you know, the Saturday with the Sunday victory to get that four point weekend with a great victory in in the spectrum, considering what we had a couple of weeks ago, is both a relief and uh, and a good confidence builder for the boys. Especially with Guildford coming off the back of a in Nottingham and Spurs. Yes, absolutely. You know they they played very very well. And, um, I watched the the highlights of that game. And, um, you know, like, there's some dangerous players. Uh, you go into, you know, you go into um, Guildford, you know you're going to be up for a tough, tough game. And, and the big thing about them is, you know, it's the, it's their power play unit. You know, our special teams the last time we had a great, um, you know, it was, I think, it, I can't remember how many goals they got on the power play. It might have been three. Um, and they started off this one with a 5-1-3 on goal as well. Uh, you know, uh, Swinney takes a penalty for hooking. And on the same play, Pellich absolutely destroys Ben Davies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very, very fair hit, just slightly too late. Um, yep. And you know, it was, it was. I was watching the game after. You know, we, we obviously have to watch the the lead back on it. Um, but I watched the full game back, and, and I, I thought we were really good. I thought we were really, really good. Um, I, I talked to the coach, and I talked to a couple of the players. Just, about that, but only having ten forwards at the minute. Um, the 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 so called third line is four guys. If that makes sense, and they're sort of mixing and, and matching. Obviously, Longer, Hammy, um, Bobby, and Hookie. And you know those four guys. 
in the last three games have been brilliant. Uh, been really, really good. I thought they were really good on Saturday, um, and they scored um, on Sunday. They scored three of the five goals on Sunday. You know, so uh, Hammy Longer and Bobby, um, you know, getting the, the the three of their goals itself, and they combine really well. They do the same. How good was uh, the play from Bobby in his own zone for the first goal? Mm. Battling, got the puck into the neutral zone. Longer drives down the left wing, fakes a shot. Sauces one right on the hammy stick and, and, and buries it first timer or one timer, sorry, and, and that really did get us off to a good start. And and then they came back with a, a five on three goal again. It's difficult to stop that. Move the puck well, um, and and it, it's just difficult as a goaltender. And and uh, Rainer does a good job, but can't put out of it. And then you get another chance to go ahead in the first period. And if you look at the first period, didn't we have was it four penalties in the first period? I think it was four penalties in the first period. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And played very well. Played very, very well. Uh, it, it was a battle of specialty on that Saturday. But again, if you look through it, five on five, we're the better team. We are yeah. far better team. We stayed lap So uh, the, the Kevin Rain, Matt Pellich, um, Lemmy, all playing a lot of minutes, uh, especially when we're shorthanded. And going into Guildford's never easy, but I thought we thoroughly deserved that win on Sunday night. Of course, one of the uh, one of the penalties in that first period, Davy was uh, was a fight between David Goodwin and Brett Ferguson. Uh, Jordan Rowley getting two minutes for tripping in there. But overall, you know, you see the way that that uh, Bobby Farnham celebrated his goal. It looked like the Giants were starting to enjoy, you know, scoring goals. Yeah, and I think Simon also mentioned it there. All five of our goals, even strength, yep. you know, which is key for us, five on five, four on five. But, um, you know, that that sort of rubber stamps what we've both been saying about, you know, how critical it is to stay in the box, save those penalty killers having to kill an extra 10 minutes of ice without, you know, without having to trouble the, the, the opposition net. You know, we have to be disciplined. Funny, the, the, the fight for me... You know, Goodwin's just going over to have a word after the yeah. trip. And as a Brett Ferguson comes Brett from Ferguson, a different yeah. postcode, how, how that is not called as an instigating penalty on that He mugs him. He comes from out of town and mugs him. Um, Goodwin, there's no altercation there. Like Goodwin's not even really looking like he's... He, he certainly, whenever he got involved in the fight, didn't look like he was someone that um, has done a lot of uh, boxing over the years. But, um, you know, he, he, he took one for the team there and... Uh, Belfast Giants weren't uncomfortable enough on the night. Sam says it. We we run into a little bit of penalty trouble here and there, but whenever we get the penalties killed, it is it is hard on the likes of Lowney and Lennon. I suppose Pally to an extent, maybe not quite as much Pally, but um, those guys are you know having to play twenty plus minutes a night every night and back to back. That maybe that last ten minutes on. on Saturday night helps them save the legs a wee bit. If it had been a bit of a different situation, like this this Saturday night, you know, there'd be no, we have to go 60 minutes in these games. And, uh, you know, to go there, it was only a week or two since we'd been to Guildford and lost. To go there, getting the jump start in the game, only a couple of minutes in, and, and then conceding it and bouncing back and, and getting the, the go-ahead goal was key. I thought Bobby Farnham's goal celebration and then was, was brilliant. But obviously the, Sort of the high point to take out of the game was, as he describes it himself, getting the gorilla off his back, you know, and and Kieran Long managing to pop that in, and you, you could see a lot of frustration coming out of him when he scored the goal. You know that uh, it, it's been something that's been a long time coming. Like we have talked at length 
about the goodwill that we'll have towards him getting a goal and the looks he was getting and he was hitting bars and goalies' shoulders and goalies getting the tips of gloves to stop things going in on him. Like he different different season he could have ten goals in, in the yeah. last sort of twenty games, just hasn't gone for him. Now one's gone between the pipes. You just never know what that'll be a catalyst for. Um He'll be excited about getting into training this week. You know, he'll be, he's always, as, as, as says, you know, he's a pretty loose guy in terms of, you know, a good attitude, good teammate. And, and hopefully that getting that goal will just, uh, you know, give him a bit of a buzz there to even go forward this week and, and be a little bit more uh, selfish, if you like, and, and take those opportunities when they come along and just shoot that puck, just keep shooting it. Absolutely. One thing, can I jump in there, Paddy? Sorry. Sorry. One of the things, uh, if you watch the game on Saturday, Right on the buzzer, the final, the final period, he gets a look, and uh, McLaughlin yeah. just gets the tiniest touch yeah. uh, that yeah. knocks it up and over. Right yeah. It was going top corner, and I, I had a, I seen him. The whole thing as well, and I says, "Look, kid, it's coming. Like it's definitely coming. You're, you just keep on plugging away, and then you know he gets the goal the next time. I'm so happy for him. Um, but the best thing of it for the weekend was his mad chirping him after. Absolutely <laughs> outstanding." <laughs> it was I have to say like, so pleased to see it for him you know it, it has been so long coming you guys we have, um, we'll break the fourth wall you guys have pre-recorded the, the, the TFA with him we'll hear that in a short while but it is uh, really good to see him get that get that league goal and, and hopefully leads on to better things and uh, more coming especially this forthcoming weekend but from a point of confidence says you know, to have that four-point weekend to finally start to get a little bit of consistency into the Giants game, to get those two wins and to get that win in Guildford where we where we slipped up just a few weeks ago. Confidence-wise in the room, what does that do? Well, David touched on uh, Goodwin um, and I'm dropping the gloves. See, see when you see guys uh, on your team, um, you know, it was a bad hit on, on Laker to start that. Um I can't remember who it was that made the hit, uh, but it, I mean it was definitely a, it was you know the guy sticks a leg out and, and trips uh, Laker up, and you know Goodwin just basically is over to, to have a chat here. Uh, I don't I, mean, I think Davy's right. I don't think just and uh, I'm sure Pelly would have stepped in and ripped his head off if, if they had to be. But you know when you see a guy like that, you're sitting on the bench and you see a guy like David Goodwin stepping up, it gives you a big lift. Yeah, it, gen- it genuinely does. And, you know, we probably haven't had that enough this season. You know, Pelly's been left to do most of the, the, the um, uh, you know, bodyguard duties to a certain extent. You know, um, yeah, there's a couple of other guys have dropped. You know, he's the leader of this group. And um, and I was really pleased to see uh, David Goobin drop the gloves. Okay, you know, it wasn't the best fight we're ever going to see. And maybe it got a couple of wee uh, nudges in. And, and um, obviously, the, both the guys fell down together. But... Fair play to him stepping up, but with regards to your point about you know breeding success, Paddy, listen, everybody feels so much better when you win. Everybody, I see it in practice every week. You know, the last three four weekends we've won one loss, one loss, um, and you see the boys coming in. Look, they're not looking forward to training. They're not, you know, the you, you just want to um, you know get on the ice, get it done, and go home. Today, I, I was there this morning. Everybody was bouncing. Everybody was bouncing. You know, and they're all, you know, you'd see a bit of joy. Longer was captain this morning. Uh, they played, had a bit of um, a bit of fun at the end of the practice today. You know, they one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three. And then they, they got the, the nets into the middle of the ice and did two-on-two again uh, with the boys at each side. And, and you know, 
even even at that, everybody wants to win. She and Owen hates getting scored. Ticker was outstanding this morning. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Um, but it's one of those things where it makes practice, it makes going to work so much easier. And you know, those two games at the weekend, one against Glasgow on a bad run, Guildford are playing pretty decent. But and going into Guildford is not easy. I'm pretty sure Cardiff, Sheffield, and Nottingham have all lost in Guildford this year. Yeah. So you know we have as well. Uh, but you know, really pleased we got those two wins because taking two wins into two big games against Cardiff Devils that is definitely going to help. The highlights of this game, Flames TV on YouTube. Uh, let's go down to training. Mr. Kitchen popped down to see the boys. Uh, had a chat with Adam Keefe and Bobby Farnham, but first we'll hear from Ryan Lowney. Ryan Lowney, after practice Tuesday morning, um, that certainly seemed a, a very upbeat practice. All the boys are, are uh, in good spirits after a four-point weekend. Yeah, you know, we're happy coming off that four-point weekend and uh, we figured get a hot start off of the week here and have a good solid practice, have a little fun with it at the same time. So, Felt good today and hopefully keep that going the rest of the week. Two good wins um, at the weekend. Obviously, just a couple of weeks ago, you went into Guildford and lost. Um, you must have felt good coming out of the outlet spectrum with, the, with those two points. Yeah, absolutely. They're a good team in their home ice. They're hard to play against. So it was definitely uh, it was definitely a good thing coming out of their place with uh, two two points out of that and coming home, getting uh, getting ready for this week, the big weekend against Cardiff. Uh, were you any of the boys chirping Kieran Long after breaking his duck uh, so long he, um, even considering his mum took into consideration and had a bit of a chirp at him yeah yeah, yeah. some of the guys were giving it to him but it was, it was all good fun it's it good to see him finally get one hopefully he keeps rolling now with it and uh, yeah I heard his mum uh, send a nice tweet out about him finally getting one or something like that it's pretty funny this weekend Cardiff Devils come into town uh, two tough games upcoming yeah it's going to be it's going to be a battle it's you know we're, we're fighting for the top spot uh, you know with them, we're we're head and head, and I think we're about the same points. If pretty not pretty close, and you know we 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 got to get these two or these two games against them, and uh, we got to take advantage of the home ice as well, and uh, hopefully uh, get a good get a good uh, two wins coming in this break. Bobby Farnham, um, after Tuesday morning's practice, Bobby, uh, uh, between yourself, Curtis Hamilton, Kieran Long, and and obviously who could be in jumping in that lineup, um, really really good game at the, at the weekend, especially Saturday and particularly Sunday. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. You know, all, all four guys uh, there, and uh, Longer is great all weekend. It's nice to see him get that goal. He, he really deserved it. Um, working well together, and just got to keep that going into this weekend. Got the game winner on, on uh, Sunday night. It certainly looked as if you uh, enjoyed uh, uh, celebrating in front of the Guildford fans. Yeah, it was like, you know, getting <laughs> under everyone's skin. So uh, it was nice to get that goal, obviously, um, and nice to get that win in Guildford. It's been a long time coming, a four-point weekend, very inconsistent form over the last couple of months. Um, obviously, the two wins heading into this weekend against the Cardiff Devils, uh, certainly the boys are going to feel very buoyant. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've done a lot of good things, uh, just haven't been able to string together, uh, you know, a bunch of wins in a row. So that was a big weekend for us and a big uh, win to carry into this weekend against Cardiff. It'll be a huge weekend. The guys are excited. Everyone's pumped. Should be a great uh, experience to play in that game. Two games at home before the break. Top man, Bobby. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Adam, um, a four-point weekend. You haven't had too many of them this year. Uh, must feel good coming back from Guildford and picking up the, the two points in there too. Yeah, certainly did. I think, you know, we last time we were in Guildford, uh, we didn't have our best game and, you know, we were still in it and uh, we knew that if we turned up and, and had uh, a better game that we'd still have a, a good chance of coming over there with points so um, I thought for the most part we were dialed in for that, for that game and 
the full team was engaged, which was nice to see. Um, obviously, we still ran into some penalty trouble, which kind of uh, took away from some of the momentum we were building. But uh, you know, that's it's a work in progress right now. Uh, you've been playing short over the last couple of games, um, but the quartet of Farnham, Hamilton, Hook, and Long um, certainly seem to be uh, stepping up to the mark uh, when you're called. Obviously, with the guys being called upon being short. Yeah, I thought, uh, thought that that line of uh, Hook, uh, Long, and sorry, uh, Long, Hamilton, and uh, Farnham had a, a great game, and then Hookie uh, was playing with everybody, and uh, you know he was equally as good. Uh, he's been he was great all weekend. So, um, like I said, with uh, contributions from everyone, everybody was fully engaged on the weekend, which is what it's going to take here down the stretch. Talking about the stretch, uh, I think it's 16 games left to go. Um, I'm probably one of the biggest weekends of the year uh, coming up. Cardiff Devils coming in, they'll bring a lot of fans with them. Um, it was a big weekend last year and a, a pivotal weekend um, heading down the stretch. Um, I'm sure the boys are looking forward to it. Yeah, certainly. I think uh, we understand what's at stake and um, want to get some rest here and get recovered and so that uh, we're full of energy for that weekend. Um, obviously, before the Olympic break, uh, there's no excuses. Uh, we want to empty the tank with no games for the following week. Uh, so I certainly want to go into that break feeling good about ourselves. And obviously it starts with a big week in versus Cardiff. You just touched on the Olympic break with Team GB. Obviously the boys get a week off, but uh, you're heading straight back to work again. Yeah, I did an audio on, uh, on the Monday um, to get prepared for, for that weekend. Uh, a big tournament, obviously a great opportunity for, for GB to... Uh, make the next round of Olympic qualifiers and uh, that's obviously pretty special it only comes around every four years so um, I'm pretty sure that the, the group is excited to get going and get there um, all that being said uh, everybody's got a, a big weekend of games here within their own leagues uh, this week so uh, obviously focused on that first and foremost Thanks to Ryan, Bobby and to Adam Right, a quick look around the league um, Challenge Cup semi-finals took place and the second leg took place on Wednesday Nottingham Cardiff is a 5-5 goal fest that took place at the uh, at the uh, Kyle Bond Arena just the other week. Um, and then the other side, Clan against the Steelers. Well, uh, the Clan seem to give up, or the Steelers seem to outclass them, and they've got a 5-1 lead going into those second legs. Um, the Nottingham Cardiff one will be on Free Sports Wednesday night with Mr. Murphy, with uh, Paul Eddy. And with Chris Ellis, um, uh, just quickly, gents, who do you see progressing from those, Simon? Sheffield will yeah, definitely go yeah, through. Um, I think they're too far ahead of the clan, and clan are struggling at the minute. Another one that's that's too tight to call, but to be honest, I've just got a feeling that it's going to be the Panthers. Interesting. Um, and for that, there's going to be absolute uproar because the fans in Cardiff it could be so such that, a winch fest isn't it yeah that, and to be honest that's the part I'm, I'm sort of hoping it is the Panthers I think it'll be hilarious <laughs> Simon do you agree with that sorry Simon David do you yes, agree, I with agree with that, that. I agree you with do that. agree with that good man Simon good man Come on. David do you agree with that uh, <coughs> first leg of the, the where's the second leg sorry if not in Cardiff it's in it's Nottingham. in Nottingham oh so yeah the first leg was in the Kyle Bon hey. Arena in Cardiff <laughs> oh, you're cheering me up. You're I haven't had me, a good Simon. I haven't had a great week. I guess it's cheered me up. Um, <laughs> I look. I never want to see really either of those teams doing particularly well. So 
over. I'm not overly bothered about this competition. Obviously, this season that now that we're out of it, um, Steelers Panthers final in Cardiff. Could see it happen, and and you know what? I can see the logic behind it being changed. Um, will it be? Don't no. know. No, it won't be. It, won't be it can't be. Um, never say never in this league. That's true. Um, but um, a Steelers Panthers final where you can only have three thousand people at. I I can see. I could see it being changed, but um, let's see who gets the final first. They're probably going to make the tickets fifty quid each, so it's three thousand people. <laughs> Maybe. No. If, if, so to be honest, if, if it is cynical. I don't care. Um, <laughs> if it does, if it does, if they do make a decision to change it, where would you hold it? Sheffield or Nottingham? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Them so, guys, they they'd want a two-legged. Oh, that's thing. exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say, David. It should be held so in Cardiff. Sheffield you know, Steelers can't handle it. It's the bottom line. It should be held in Cardiff. That's simple. You know, we had to make the, the our, our way to them uh, two years in a row. Obviously, with the the, the great. Uh, wall of snow the, the year before was, was difficult, but we all got there and, and uh, you know, I, I get it that if it's announced at the start of the season it's got to be in, in Cardiff, then it's got to be in Cardiff, so stop going about it and give on with That's it. It's not as if, like, if it's a, you know, a Manchester United Manchester City FA Cup final they don't say, oh, here, we have to hold it up here it gets announced to where it's going to be announced. It's at Wembley or it's at Millennium Stadium. Yeah. And that's where you play it. This has been announced as being played in Cardiff. Get on with it. You know where the final is. That's where it's being played. Anyway. Baku. 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 Yeah, yeah Baku. Exactly. Arsenal against Chelsea. You're, you're off to Baku. Enjoy yourselves. Um, uh, per weekend for Nottingham Panthers, unfortunately. God bless them. The, uh, they lost to is, Guildford. Is anybody here from John yet? <laughs> well, I, I, I doesn't follow hockey anymore. <laughs> who, knew, who knew that? Who knew that? Uh, scraping past the bottom place five flyers and and winning tightly at home oh. against the uh, the clan doesn't mean that you're going to be world beaters. Um, but they lost to Guildford at home and lost to Cardiff away. That's put a stamp on what they uh, stemmed what they thought might have been title challenges. Um, five still. Are struggling, uh, lost to the clan and the Cardiff. Uh, four point weekend for Sheffield and for Cardiff. Um, Devils beat Fife and Nottingham. Steelers beat Manchester and a tight game in Coventry that went the, the overtime. So <laughs> things are going well at the top of the table for the people who are looking to challenge, Davey. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's now getting, you know, we talk about it. There, there's pivotal weekends coming up. Massive game this weekend for us. That, that gap, they've got a couple of games in hand. They've got points in hand. You know, it's it's all... Would I rather probably be in Sheffield Steelers' position without the games in hand? Yes, I probably would. It's it's starting to get to that stage of the season where you start looking at the league table nearly every day, nearly, you know, a couple of times a week rather than you hadn't really looked at it at all before Christmas. Steelers are in a good position. They're playing well. They're getting results. Cardiff have started to grind results out. Joey Martin back. You know, different ones. The, the, their lines are starting to gel a wee bit more. Belfast Giants, four-point weekend. You know, starting to... It's not as doom and gloom. It, it's funny how a two-point weekend will... You know, was, the world was ending last week and there's a bit more positivity and we've got a, a new horn and all in AVFTB here. So... Um, Thank you. So this weekend is probably massive in terms of, of our own title aspirations. 
Um, I genuinely think we need to take the four points. Well, we'll come on to, to this weekend, I suppose. But I, I think in terms of our own aspirations, we need to put the devils away a couple of times and really set a marker down, put our foot back on this on this league throat and see where that takes us. But, you know, Steelers are going to take a bit of catching. Yep, Steelers top of the table, 40 points, sorry, 40 games played, 57 points. Cardiff have enough games in hand to overtake them, but games in hand aren't on the board. 36 games, 50 points. Uh, the Giants are back up in the third, having leapfrogged the Nottingham Panthers, 38 points, sorry, 38 games, 48 points. Nottingham, 36 with 44 points. Uh, Coventry are in 5th, 37 games, 41. Guildford in 6th, 35 games and 39 points. The Clan, 38 games, 34 points. Only two points behind them are the Manchester Storm and Manchester have a game in hand there in 8th place, 37 games, 32 points. And then in the bottom two, Dundee Stars, 39 games played, 30 points. And the Five Flyers are struggling. They, uh, I think this week officially they were the first team to fall out of contention for the league title, 38 games, 25 points Mate, this, go they're, they're gone they have laid an egg they are out of the playoff well they will not get that 8th slot their, oh. their season's done already oh, uh, they are a team they're awful you know like I don't even know how to describe it. you look at the run they've been on it's horrific um, they're conceding goals they're not really scoring goals I feel for their fans a wee bit because they're they're an absolute free fall and not even free fall once you're at the bottom you're at the bottom like but I just don't see how they can, you know, how they're going to bridge that gap to the eighth place. I just don't see it. I think it's it's going to be a straight shootout between Clan, Storm and Stars for that last slot. I was speaking to a friend of mine in Kirkcaldy yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of talk about um, from in Kirkcaldy itself that, you know, Fife um, are really struggling. Um, yeah. Not just on the ice. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that the owner has got a few. Well, got a lot of money. Um, but it certainly doesn't look as he, he's investing. It, you know, a hell of a lot. But um, you know, I, I'd be uh, led to believe that they are in a position that you know they might even drop out of the league. So you know that that's sort of the message that I'm getting from a mate of I've got a very good friend and he lives in Kirkcaldy. So let's hope not, because you know Fife. Fife are, are a storied franchise, a storied team. Yeah. The one of the oldest team in the league. With you know, and it's uh, you know since they came in, they've been in the league what ten years now, maybe. And yeah. and since they've come in, you know, we've had their we've had our battles with them. We've had our troubles going over there, and you never want to see any team drop out of the league. A very passionate fan base and a and a, a historical team really props up this league. I say that looking at them in the bottom position but you know i think it'd be a great shame for a team like five to drop out of the league were that to happen i don't remember them being bottom before i think right I, back at the start there might have been like when they first joined the elite league there were some, some, some of those those teams really struggled yeah but again i again when you i used to love going to play in five yeah and um, it was the ice was always brilliant uh, yes the the rank could certainly do with a um, a bit of an upgrade, but you know when you're you're playing against the well. When I first played there, it was wooden boards you're playing against, and yeah. and there was net no in the whole way round. No plexi, it was net in the whole way round. Used to, um, you know, it was so tough to go into. The changing rooms were bloody freezing. Um, you know, it was, it, 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 and I, my understanding is that has not changed. They're, they're still freezing. Um, but I, I used to love getting into playing a fife and 
a proper old rink and, and the likes of there in Murrayfield and when they used the Murrayfield racers play the five flyers back in uh, the nineties and, and late eighties, it was, it was the, you know some of the best players that ever played the game in the UK played there. Um, a brilliant, you know, if you look at at Kirkcaldy, um as a as a development program, it's probably arguably been the best development program in the UK in the last thirty years. You look at the, the players that have come through locally and played for five flyers locally. You know, Mark Garside started in Kirkcaldy. Mm. I talked to Garside the other day about this. Um, and, you know, there's so Murph many played, good Murph, players. Murph played for five. That's right, he did. And, and you know, it, it, again, it, 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 in all fairness, there's nothing else to do in Kirkcaldy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You can watch, watch Wraith. I, well, as I said just two seconds ago, there's nothing else to do in Kirkcaldy. <laughs> you know, for the life for the, 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 I don't want to repeat myself, but um, Kirkcaldy as a whole, like, but um, I, I really hope they, they, they continue to go at it and, and the information I'm getting is wrong. And I I, I certainly, you know, I, I used to go and enjoy watching the goal. Or sorry, I used to enjoy watching. Um, go and watch the teams playing at Kirkcaldy, the chance, obviously. So um, hopefully hopefully the, the message I'm getting is wrong. And uh, well, time will tell. I'll always remember the Belfast Giants' first trip to Fife in that crossover cup game against them and uh, Tony Hans team. And uh, no plexi, the atmosphere was raucous. Uh, and at the end, uh, the Fife won in overtime, I think. Fife certainly won the game, but at the uh, at the end of the game, our team came skating around, obviously to salute the fans and the lads in front of us, the Fife fans in front of us, who yeah, we did good banter with them through the whole game. But they whipped out twenty pound notes and started waving them at the Belfast Giants, you know, going there you go, big money team waving twenty pound notes at them. So then when Fife came around, we whipped out twenty p's and started waving them at the Fife Flyers. <laughs> they must all be fake twenty pound notes. <laughs> Scottish twenties, mate. I don't know if they're they're still on. the um. But yes, no. Our best wishes go to the Five Flyers. Difficult position for them this season, and hopefully both on and off the ice that those uh, those things can improve. Um, two other things to cover briefly: uh, the Elite League Pride weekend, and, and what we had with the Belfast Giants and the equality side of it was an absolutely massive success. Both on and off the ice probably punctuated by the fact that Zach Sullivan of the Manchester Storm uh, came out on Twitter as being bisexual a wonderful moment for uh, for him to have the courage and confidence to stand up amongst his teammates and uh, and um, you know it's a difficult he said to himself you know when you are within yourself trying to work out who you are and, and keeping things to yourself, mental health issues can be caused to, to have the freedom now to stand up and be accepted by his teammates and by the wider community within the Elite League has been fantastic. And it, it, uh, we congratulate Zach Sullivan for that. Um, and I congratulate the Elite League for what was a fantastic weekend for them. Uh, the other thing that came through was the Elite League have approved a situation room. A situation room. That's one for people in Belfast. Um, uh, at its monthly meeting on the 21st of January, Elite League board approved using Elite League situation room. Pilot's been going since New Year's Eve and it seems to be taking, Davey, away the, the need for citations within the game. Something that we've 
something that we've been talking about year on year on year that uh, coaches were citing players not because of the incident was maybe you know uh, needed it or not citing players because they thought you know it wouldn't do them any sort of advantage so this is a good move from the elite league yeah player safety can't be tactical player safety just has to be about player safety um, and improving the game and improving officiating and improving the spectacle for the people that pay their money to get in. You want to, if, if people are paying their hard earned cash, you've got to give them the absolute best product you can. You've, and as I say at the start, the, the, the safety of the players is paramount. So if someone's sitting watching all those games in, in real time and, um, picking up on incidents and, uh, sorting them out straight away, getting them clipped and sent to DOPS or, or making decisions that they do or don't need to go to DOPS straight away. Well, that can only be, be good for the product. The Situation Room staff will be made up of a mixture of coaches, officials and player safety staff. With the officials, they have over 100 years of NHL on-ice experience and still involved at the highest level of the sport in North America and Europe. 45 years professional coaching experience across the NHL, AHL, ECHL and Europe. And finally, player safety staff who are involved in similar setups for other professional leagues worldwide. Simon, your thoughts? It can only be fruit for the sport. Um, in the UK, if that's the case, um, I'd love to see the hundred-year-old skater. <laughs> but uh, actually, in fairness, there was an eighty-year-old playing in the All-Star Alumni game at the weekend, so um, you know I don't think it'd be too far off. But listen, uh, you know, um, I we were talking about uh, I was talking about with Matt, sorry, with uh, Liam Reddick the other night about the incident uh, with Matt Pellich against Sheffield. Um, bad call. Um, we all know that by now. There was no supplementary discipline. I asked the question uh, of Liam, um, you know, should that, that be kept on his record? And within a couple of minutes, I got a text from Mike Hicks, um, who was listening and watching, obviously, in the, his situation room. Situation. The, uh, you know, he was obviously sitting watching the game, um, and he heard what I said, and he came, back, he came on to me straight away and said what the situation was. <laughs> um, that's my favorite, new favorite word now. But uh, you know, and that's it's that clarity that we're looking for, and we, you know, uh, it's looking for it quickly as well. It will be, um, it won't be taken on as a repeat offender, and and the standards record as a twenty-five minute penalty. But uh, yeah, look, if it's going to help the game, excellent. I'm all for it. It's funny you should say that because I'm just reading the final paragraph. Uh, of the Elite League's uh, P, uh, press release on the incident, on the situation room. Uh, the Department of Player Safety will still continue to review by default all major uh, and misconduct penalties, incidents resolving, resulting in submitted injury reports and plays brought to its attention by the referee's reports. However, game supervisors will also be noting whether a team's broadcast accurately identifies rules to ensure fans are receiving the correct information. So it sounds like what you received, Mr. Kitchen, was part of that. Yeah, and again, I'm all for it. If that's the case, then fantastic, bring it on. Does that mean that there's technically should be a supervisor in the arena that you're watching the game? Possibly, or maybe they'll just be following the game on a on a stream. Well, I mean, in all fairness, some of the places don't have streams. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And you know the coverage and on a lot of the, the. I mean, I'm, I'm not having a go. Actually, I'm having a go at them. Go on, have a go. Um, let's say the Guildford Flames stream the other night. I mean, 
the, the camera's not even center ice. I know it's over the uh, away team blue line that you get to watch it twice. And, and this is a hell of a lot with only one camera. Yes, I get it. You know, it, it's um, lower budget teams and what have you, but it, it should lower be. Lower budget mammoth. teams? The Guildford Flames are not a low budget team. Lower, lower. Well, no, <laughs> technically, technically they're not. And I know yeah. their owner's got a few dollars. Um, but, uh, um, you know, for me, the, everybody should have a bloody webcast. It's yep. 2020 now. Get your finger out and get the webcast going. Yep. The, the technology is there, and we'll, we'll see what comes up. But, yes, changes from that and, and improvements. Credit where credit is due. The, the Elite League still moving to make improvements in how they um, well do dops and, and assess games. And the new situation room will be uh, something, no doubt, will be talked about week in, week out for the next number oh, of seasons. I wonder if they would, if they're, the situation room... <laughs> Can have Jason. contact, um, live contact, because uh, as I say, well, you got live contact from Mike Hicks. You just said so. no. What, what I'm talking about is to the officials. Oh, okay, you know, so the likes of the incident when um, the linesman made the call for the referees uh, with through Matt Pellich out of the game against Sheffield and lost. Yes. I have no doubt lost us the game five on five would have beat Sheffield, um, in my opinion. But you know, giving them a five minute major, um, making us. You know, showing it for five full minutes is a real killer for our boys. Um, you know, on the obviously the PK, but you know, for things like that, we need to be able to watch that and go right. That's the wrong call. Put, a call, never put, seen, a, put a call through to Toronto. Well, Cardiff. We have no. That, that, I mean, in that sort of fashion, that the yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. But again, I, I can't see that being the case for. You know, down until it's way down the line. I certainly don't think that's going to happen. You know, I can't see Mike sitting with arguably five laptops in front of him watching every single incident of every single game live. I don't think that's going to be able to happen. Um, but, you know, what Mike's trying to bring in, you've got to get him. I mean, he's been on the show before. He's He spoke to us on numerous occasions. You've got to get him a big pat the back for it. He's, he certainly looks if he's trying to bring our league into, you know, 2020. But um, still with. A long way to go before we, we get up to the standards of other leagues throughout the um, Europe, especially. I mean, I, I was I was actually listening to our podcast yesterday, and um, I can't remember if it was you or Davy Patty um, that mentioned about the guy who had left Manchester to go to a higher league in Denmark. Denmark, yep. Yeah. Kyle Hope was it? Kyle Hope, yes, it was. Yeah. Um, do you think that Denmark is a higher league than the AHL? Uh, yeah, I do. Standard wise, or Division. everything else about it? I, I, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think it's a more professionally run and and a higher standard of competition. If, judged by the fact that we've had players, both imports and British players, go there and have to come back. Okay, Jeff, I mean, Mason, I, Jeff, Je- Jeff Mason went there, mm-hmm. came back. Yeah, Craig Peacock went there, he, came back. That's that's a long time ago now, but no, it is. I, I, I think mean, our I think our league has improved, Simon. I think our league's improving. Well, look at look uh, at the games against Herning Blue Fox at the start of the season. We beat yeah. them twice. Fair point. Who won the Continental Cup? Danes. I don't know. Didn't Danes. pay much attention. The Danish team won it. They beat uh, Nottingham, and, I'm, and oh, pretty okay, sure, I, I, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. Yeah. Not that that's a not that that's a great gauge of overall. I think there's there's probably quite good party. One guy who would be good, quite good to ask, would be Andy Dalton, who referees out there. Yeah, 
um, in terms of, of what he thinks. Someone who's at the sharp end of both leagues. Sharp end, that's funny. <laughs> I think it's a good oh, idea. I love you. Point. <laughs> getting a tweet, getting a text tomorrow night, thanks. Oh, I got a text tomorrow, <laughs> but that's fine. There's no problem. I'll be listening to the best podcast in the league. I have no problem with Time for January's Player of the Month Award, brought to you by our good friends at Phonacab. We put it to you to nominate who you thought stood out for the Belfast Giants in the month of January. And from your nominations, we've drawn up the following short list of four. Number eight, Lewis Hook. Number 15, Elgin Pierce. Number 55, Ryan Lowney. And number 70, Curtis Hamilton. Voting is now open on Twitter at AVFTV or twitter.com forward slash AVFTV. It'll be open till Saturday afternoon. We'll be presenting the award to the winner come Saturday evening. And a big thanks to Phonacab for sponsoring it as always. So, Elgin Pierce, Curtis Hamilton, Rand Lowney, or Lewis Hook. Simon, who are you picking? I'm going to go for Hookie. Um, I think with the limited ice time that he does get, he's very productive. Um, I know he, he finishes his checks for, uh, again, Davy will have the figures, hopefully, uh, by the time I finish talking. Um, so what get them ready, Davy. But, you, you know, know, when you look, talk about the hits uh, being made, I mean, Lewis has probably had on average, five, maybe six minutes a game, on average, um, for the season. The last couple of games, last three or four games, he's, uh, his ice times went up because we've been short-handed, or sorry, um, short-benched, um, and I think he's doing a great job. Um, you know, he's picked up a couple of helpers there on Saturday night in Belfast, set up the first round of second goals. Um, and, you know, I, I really like Cookie's game. I think he's really improved. Uh, I, I know he knows his role in the team, and um, I certainly would like more ice time for sure. Um, I think he deserves more ice time. Um, and uh, I think that he's definitely going to get my vote this month. David? Um, just to, to follow up on what Sis is saying there, you know, Hookie for the ice time, the amount of shifts he gets compared to maybe Matt Pellish, Ben Lake, Kevin Ray, and Bobby Farnham. He sits fifth there um, in terms of hits this season, you know, ahead of all those other D men and players that he's that have played all season long. So, you know, he gets out there and he plays a role. He goes and he tries to hit everything that moves. Um, player of the month for me, Bobby Farnham. Didn't make the shortlist, however. <laughs> didn't make the shortlist. So, um, didn't make the shortlist. So for me, I'm going to go with a guy who I think has made a really good impression since he came in and done really well in January. It was Elgin Pierce. I think I'm going to agree with you on that with regards to I think Hookie has been phenomenal these last number of weeks, but Elgin Pierce since he's come in has sort of catalyzed a, a revival, especially in goal scoring. So he would get my vote, but it's not up just just the three of us only have a vote each. It's up to everybody else. Those votes you can cast now on Twitter at at avftb or twitter.com forward slash av. FTB. The voting will be open until Saturday afternoon and the winner receiving the trophy at the first game against the Cardiff Devils on Saturday evening. And a big thank you as always to Phonacab for sponsoring the award.
Okay, so now it's time for the fan agenda brought to you in association with our good friends at Giants TV. We're delighted to be joined by a guy tonight who was on such a bad drought, Bob Geldof was about to throw a concert for him. It's Kieran Long. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Longer, um, let's go straight to Sunday night. Must be a bit of a weight off your shoulder getting that one between the pipes. Yeah, definitely. Um, you could probably say it was a gorilla, not a monkey on my back. Um, but yeah, finally decided to go in. I think I was more angry than anything when I actually went in. I was just like, why? Why have you only just decided to go in? Yeah. It's one of those. It's it's been common and common and common for. There's been a. It's not like you haven't been getting looks. Put it that way. Yeah, no, I've been having chances, and like I haven't. I've tried not to be as frustrated as I can, and just keep working hard. I knew it was going to come eventually. Um, like like you said, I've, I've been getting chances, which is a positive thing. If I wasn't getting chances, then I'd be a lot more worried. We spoke way back July, August, whenever it was you signed, and we talked about how you were going to transition between being the 30-goal, you know, top six guy, perhaps at Manchester, to coming and playing maybe a slightly different role in Belfast, trying yeah. to, you know, get get more ice time than, you know, over the last few months, the ice time's been sparse just with the role that you've had in the play. Have, have you found that yeah. difficult, or is it, you know, it's just a role that you're trying to embrace? Yeah, no, it was always going to be difficult, um, but, I mean, I, I've been around for a while now with hockey and I understood that it was going to be a lot different um, which, which can be frustrating at times but you know I I think my game's matured over the years that I, I understand that it takes a lot of hard work and time to get to get to places like where I am now um, I'm not sure how I'm going to frame this question um, obviously people see you come and sign for Belfast as a 30-goal guy and playing a completely different role to what you were playing last year, but people yeah. are still expecting those goals. How frustrating is it for you to... I don't know whether you're a big social media guy or not. I'm not really, so I don't really no. see that side of things. But do you see people on Twitter saying things and it's like a frustration to you and that it's like, that's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm being paid to do at the moment. No, you know what? I don't, I don't find... I, I try not to get on social media that much. Um, I actually deleted Twitter uh, a, few, a few months back. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the fans have their opinion. They pay their money to watch us play, so they're entitled to it. But I know what Kiefer wants me to do, so as long as I'm doing what Kiefer's wanted me to do, I'm happy with that. Longer. Uh, firstly, I want to um, apologize because I forgot that Aston Villa were playing tonight. Um, no, and I know you. It's just one one, and, and I, I don't want to look at it anymore. So you call no, it that, time. That, that's okay. I'll not. We'll not say anything else about the games. Yeah. Appreciate even more so coming on and doing the interview. So we really do uh, <laughs> say thanks for that. Um, I want to take you back to when you started playing um, in Swindon. Um, yeah. You know, Swindon have a uh, have a really good record of bringing kids through um, to play at a higher level. What What was your first memories of, of playing hockey back then? Um, I think, oh God, that's a long time ago. Um, hmm. Well, I started when I was four in Swindon, then I moved to Solihull for the rest of my under-10s. Um, and I think in Solihull, one of the most standout things was probably watching the Solihull Blaze before they moved over to be Coventry Blaze. Um, and my dad eventually started to 
uh, run a pub in Birmingham, which Steve Chartrand's uh, wife started yeah. working. So um, just getting to know players like that. And it, uh, even when I played in Swindon, sorry, when I was younger, um, I think it was when I was, it was from like maybe four till I was seven. My dad ran a pub across the road from Swindon's ice rink and he would have all the guys working behind his bar. He would sponsor the team. They'd come in, mess around with me and my brother. And it was just, it kind of just, it was always, hockey was life pretty much. And it still is. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I remember you talking about Sully Hill there. Um, I'm old enough to remember going back to the Sully Hill Barnes days. Um, yeah. I mean, that was a tough place to go into. I, you know, yeah. uh, the, the net and the whole way around the rink. Um, and, uh, uh, but it was a real tight, tight barn to go into. Um, yeah, it's and, got that horrible netting up as well. Uh, oh, it was mad. That and Whitley Bay, the two worst ranks in the world when I was playing. Um, but again, Solly Hall always had a really good team. That a couple of, you know, every year that a couple of guys who could, would score 150, yeah. 200 points. Um, and, and watching those guys coming through, did that just give you, you know, the, the oomph, if you want to call it that? Did that just give you the to go? This is my sport. I want to play this as as a professional. Yeah, I think I I just watching um, the excitement people get when goals go in. I think there's there's nothing quite like it. Um, and yeah, I think just scoring goals is the main thing. Like I I was fortunate to play on a pretty decent team uh, in Swindon, and we we tend to always be fighting for the championship and. Scoring goals is always a big part of why I stuck to hockey. Then you move, make the move to Basingstoke and you go along to Manchester and uh, you step up to the EPIHL and um, you know, you're scoring a lot of points, you're scoring a lot of goals. And the opportunity comes along um, at 26, 27 to step up to the Elite League um, with Manchester Storm. And, and, and obviously you had a couple of successful years in Manchester, but moving to Belfast, what... I mean, when did that conversation take place um, with Adam and Steve um, and obviously making the move across to Belfast? Um, it was maybe a couple of weeks just after the season finished. Um, we, we had spoke a little bit at GB camp um, and then we kind of waited for the World Championships to finish. Um, but yeah, it was kind of... I, I know, um, I think before I joined Manchester, Belfast were interested Um but it's kind of a timing issue, and ended up Manchester kind of just made a little bit more sense for me in that uh, kind of way. But um, but yeah, I knew the the interest was there from a a, a long time ago, and I think um, oh, who was who was involved? Was it Doug Christensen? Uh, Doug Christensen would have been uh, yeah, I think two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Yeah, I remember maybe when I was. 20 uh, my I played with a guy called Slav Kulikov and he was yeah he he was actually trying to get me to come to Belfast even though I played on the same team as him um but yeah I I always had that kind of especially with the Irish family I have I, I always kind of wanted to play for the Giants and utilize the the Kieran that is spelt the way it is do you, do you remember Slava's dad playing no no. Oh, absolutely. what a player he was. Slava was old enough when I was playing with him, let alone yeah. when dad play. 
Uh, Slava's dad was unbelievable. Um, played yeah. with Hull and a couple of other teams, and he yeah. he scored points for fun. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm taking over. I'm taking over the whole interview here. Go ahead, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to Twitter to, to some of our followers for some questions. Yeah. Standard couple of standard hockey ones. Longer. Um, why number eighty nine? Any story behind you choosing that number? Uh, no, not really. Nothing interesting. I I wore number nine in Swindon as a kid. And growing up, I was always number nine. And then when I first started playing for the EPL team in Swindon, number nine's actually retired uh, by Gary Dickey. And I obviously had to pick a different number. So I just like the look of eight and nine. What's your pre-match meal? What's your pre-game meal? Pre-game meal? Um, I'm not. I'm not that much of a diet freak as some of the fans may have seen. Brian Ward on Instagram um, with his body hack, crazy stuff. Um, I mean, it is good. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I would probably normally a chicken, chicken and rice, maybe some potatoes or veg. No, nothing too exciting. Michael Barr wants to ask: uh, Can you ask uh, Kieran what his favourite motorboat is? Oh. <laughs> My favourite motorboat. Um, <laughs> I think it could be inappropriate, and I might get a slap if I was to say it. Uh, so I think you might Blake, get a slap. I think, you say whatever I, think you want. My, I think my wee man Blake knows where, where my favourite uh, motorboat lies. Me, Blake. I will. We always give wee yeah. mention to the wee man. Um, yeah. You know, spending time in hospital at the minute. And I know he's another operation there yesterday. Our thoughts yeah. are with with, uh, with wee Blake. Um, I want to touch on um, your goal on Sunday night. Um, yeah, that you know we chatted this morning. Uh, you know about the obviously the weekend and what have you. Um, but Bobby seemed more excited than what you did when you scored that goal. <laughs> yeah, Bobby. Bobby's been trying for a few weeks now to get me the one. Um, I think I think everyone was just excited. I mean, it, it has been a long time for me. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see that reaction. Um, definitely gives me that boost to keep going and try and get some more. Longer, let's talk about Northern Ireland. We bet you talked about your your family heritage in it, and this is your obviously yeah. your chance to live here full time at the minute. How's it been working out for you? Have you enjoyed the experience so far? Yeah, um, I love Belfast. I think it's incredible. Um, I loved it when I was coming over from Manchester. Um, fortunate enough to find a lady in Hartbar that was crazy enough to somehow deal with my myself um, but yeah no, I, I, I just love the Irish people I think they're super friendly everyone gets along and yeah it seems it seems like a great place to stay and as you've seen in years past guys stay here for a very long time because they love the place uh, you've got to give us a bit of your Northern Ireland accent. Yeah, you you want to hear the Northern Irish accent? Oh, okay. Hang on, you, you can't just drop it on me like that. It just has to come out fluently. I normally mock someone. Uh, what can just I, mock what me. Can I go with. Oh no, I know who to mock. Laura Small. <laughs> oh, oh God, Laura. I could. <laughs> that laugh. You can hear it from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you trying to say Laura's lie? You wee critter, you. 
the um, do you have, have you anything else, or we'll we finish up with yeah, uh, just, Jasmine's questions? I, I, I was just going uh, to throw it forward to, the, the, to this weekend before we go on to Jasmine's questions. Yeah, massive, massive weekend for for the club and the, and the league position and stuff we're in. You must be pumped up for this one. Yeah, uh, that goes without saying. I think, and I think we all can all agree that we play ice hockey for these kind of weekends. Um, but yeah, it's a <laughs> massive weekend. Longer. I'm going to cut across you longer. Yeah, Aston Villa, ninety second minute, two one. Shut up! Shut up! Yeah. Yeah. Go on, Villa. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, back to the hockey. <laughs> yes. So anyway, back to back yeah. to the big back to the hockey podcast. Back to the more here. important more. weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Massive weekend for us, and I think we all know as a team that this is we need to win both games to be up there with a shout. And it, I think with the break coming as well, I think. Going into it with another four-point weekend will give us that extra boost for when we come back. Talk about four-point weekends, just before I throw it back to Simon there, I'm interested in the, in the sort of dynamic of the inconsistency we've had. How frustrating is it for the guys to win one, lose one, win one? How important is it bouncing into this weekend on the back of going to a difficult place like Guildford, winning, getting the four-point weekend, yeah. just a little bit of momentum? It's all key in hockey. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Um and and we are frustrated with that, um, the way it's been going for us. Um, but I mean, we're, we're working hard in practice. We we've been playing well, and I, I feel confident in the boys this week that we can get the job done. Well, listen, we're going to finish. Um, uh, my wee daughter Jasmine um, yeah. does uh, we quick fire last our wee quick fire questions. So we're going to fire them at you here now. It's probably ten or twelve of which is written today. Okay. So um, you just come out with what's the first thing comes into your head. All right. Oh God, this could be bad. Well, we can we can edit it if we have to, but probably. Um, no, probably okay. Won't. Earliest memory of watching ice hockey. First memory of watching ice hockey. Sonny yep. Barnes. Best hockey player in the world now. Oh, Sidney Crosby. Best hockey player ever. Oh, Wayne Gretzky. He's in worse as bad. Drop one of my <laughs> Well, no, if you want to jump in, we'll have one as well. Go ahead. Worst hockey player ever, Michael Wales. Michael Wales, we'll have to Google him. Um, best ping pong player in the Giants locker room? Kieran Long. No, that's a lie. I, I, it's between Pelly and Goody. Hardest opponent you've ever faced? Oh. Oh. This is tough. This isn't quick. This is a thinker. Hardest opponent ever faced. Um, no one. No one. Come back nah. Yeah, we'll come back to that one. Okay. Funniest guy in the Giants blocker. Oh, easy, Bobby. Most stylish teammate. Mo- what was that, sorry? Most stylish teammate. Oh. Oh. Me. I'm not a teammate though. I'll go, I'll say I'll go with my boy, Hooky. Favorite Which, holiday destination? Uh, haven't been there yet, but Budapest. Going in June. It's brilliant, by the way. It's absolutely magic. Yeah. Um, you can only eat one meal for the rest of your life. What is it? Oh, roast dinners. Four people you're inviting to a dinner party. Who do you invite? Oh. 
I'll, I have to say Hannah, otherwise she'll kill me. Um, <laughs> Three Johnny more. Cash. Two more. Frank Sinatra and Nelson, Man- uh, Nelson Mandela. Custard creams or bourbon creams? Custard creams. Good lad. And who's the longest in the shower? Oh, come on. Uh, Lenny. That's it. I have to admit, I threw that last one in, by the way. That's not John. <laughs> All yours. <laughs> All mine. Well, thanks to Jasmine Kitchen and, and uh, yeah. to everyone who sent a, a question in on, on Twitter there. Kieran, we, we look, well, thank you for your time tonight. We obviously took you away from a very exciting uh, end of the, the cup match there for Aston Villa and uh, yeah. we wish yeah, you all you. the very best congratulations on that league goal there at the weekend and hope you, you fill the, the net again this weekend but congratulations on that and all the very best going forward yeah thank you very much thanks for having me guys big thanks to Kieran Long right it's a big weekend for the Belfast Giants a weekend that last year had everything from uh, excitement to the drama of the goal review at the very end it's the double header against the Cardiff Devils Saturday 7pm Sunday 4pm get yourself listen you can watch it with Mr. Kitchen on Giants TV and no doubt it'll be as entertaining that's the way I'm going to have to watch it but it will be wonderfully entertaining but where you should be is down at the SSC Arena watching these two games because no doubt they're going to be absolute belters the Giants really want to get back on top and really get at the Cardiff Devils and uh, well and earlier today Mr McJimsey had the chance to chat with a Cardiff fan former commentator on Ice Time TV and all round Cardiff media man John Donovan John it's obviously been a, a pretty interesting let's say 10 years being a, a Cardiff Devils supporter you've you've gone from the the national ice rink into the into the tent and then on the ice arena wheels what's it been like has it been a bit of a roller coaster ride or is the the good times sort of outweighing the bad times now? Uh, certainly now, the good times, um, I'm, I'm making sure we don't take them for, for, for granted right now. It's, yeah, you're absolutely right. It has been a, a roller coaster. You know, I'm, I'm old enough. I go back to the Welsh National Ice Rink and, and when the Devils started off back in, uh, in 86. And, uh, you know, we, we were the team in the late 80s, early 90s that, that conquered everything. And, you just got used to winning and then that very quickly goes away. And there was a lot of politics in Cardiff and, um, you know, some of it wasn't, uh, wasn't great and we like to forget about it, but it was a, a tumultuous sort of decade really. And, and the club did well to survive in the big blue tent and really had no right to, and, and credit to people like Jared Adams and, and Neil Francis for that. So, yeah, when when Todd obviously made that uh, switch uh, across the sea and uh, our new owners came in, it really just has been you know five six years of of um, well just redemption really. And uh, yeah, this time um, those trophies when we are fortunate enough to to, to win them, and it was obviously that great league. Uh, title battle last year which we came out on the wrong side of but when we do win those trophies I'm, I'm making sure that uh, we're not taking them for granted anymore How big a move was it from the tent basically in the, in the ice arena wheels you know we'll look, you actually kind of look back on the big blue tent and let's be honest it was a dump but you look back almost yeah. with fondness now it was it was somewhere that we, we actually love going as well 
most people will say that. I think I'm 98% of people will speak about the big blue table some exception. And, uh, you know, my, my colleague who you speak to a lot, Gaz, he's, uh, he's one of those people. He loved the big blue tent. I hated it and I continue to hate it because, you know, it, it, it meant for me that we couldn't win things. We got close a couple of times, notably the, the world record year under Jared Adams, but, you know, baby, I'm, I'm all about winning. And, uh, it, it always felt that we couldn't quite, or we shouldn't be really, um, you know, competing with yourselves or competing with Sheffield or competing with, with Nottingham. It always felt like, uh, something that gave us a bit of an inferiority complex so yeah it was horrible to go into and teams hated going into it and we had a good home record but i don't know whether it was a credibility thing or it's something not quite tangible but uh i i, I never felt that we could genuinely you know win the big one out of out of that rink and my god andrew lord got close uh one year but it took getting to that uh the old arena as it is now to I think really just be on a par and, and have that credibility with the likes of yourselves, with Sheffield, with Nottingham. So there were many fun nights in the big blue tent and yeah, it, it, it did have a character unique all into itself, but um, I'm a misery guts, baby. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see it uh, demolished and, and no longer there because uh, for, for all those years in there, I never felt we could challenge you guys properly uh, and, and actually take on the league title, which if you know me and uh, if you ever ask my wife, the league title comes before everything, including marriage and birthdays and that sort of thing. What was it like setting foot? Well, you obviously seen it come right up, up out of the ground, but I mean, opening night and competing straight away, you know, the Canadians coming in, taking the club over, you know, putting the finances in place, giving you a really good, strong base there and then having the facility and he's competed straight away. You know, the trophies came straight away. Uh, it, it, it completed the the structure really. You know, the the there'd been a season and three quarters really because we got into the, the the Viola Arena late. We actually played you guys on a double header on on opening weekend, but it, we were obviously moving in the right direction under Todd and Steve King and, and the owners. We'd won the Challenge Cup uh, in a monumental day out in Sheffield where we beat the Steelers in their in their own rink. So you knew good things were were happening and it started to happen, but the arena was sort of the final piece of the jigsaw to, to kind of, you know, the Cardiff Devils are back and we are back alongside Belfast and alongside Nottingham and alongside Sheffield. And yeah, it's, it's, it's only a, a 3000 or so rink, but it's, but it's ours. Uh, I don't think it's any secret. There's, there's good deals to be had there in terms of ice time and what have you and arrangements with the, with the council. I don't know all the business side of it, but I, you know, I, I think we've got one of the, the better relationships uh, in the league in terms of ice time and what have you. So it, it gave us a whole new lease of life. So you, you combine that with, with Todd, who's obviously, I don't like giving him compliments, but he's, he's a great GM and, and uh, um, you know, brings the characters to the club. And then these owners who are so, so supportive and really buy into the club and, and Andrew Lord, who, who, who's the glue that holds it all together and a, a more dedicated person you'll, you'll never meet. Um, it, it's been phenomenal over the last few years, but really, yeah, it was the arena that was the last piece of the jigsaw in terms of that credibility that I mentioned earlier. Obviously, we're focusing this week on the double header that's coming up. How, you know, this will be one that Adam Keefe has ringed in his diary. It'll be one that Adam, Andrew Lord has ringed in his diary. You know, Lordo and, and, and Keefe have gone at each other sort of over the last three years since Keefe stepped behind the uh, the benches and they've gone head to head and, and they've split a lot of trophies between them. I love it. I love the matchup. I think uh, if you're fortunate enough to speak to Andrew Lord, um, you know, away or off camera and have a bit more of a, a chat with him, as I'm sure you do with, with Kiefer in Belfast, you, you realize the respect level 
uh, that's there. He he loves these battles. He he respected the way Adam Keith uh, played. He respects the way he coaches. You know, I think they've had some uh, some harsh words, but I I do think it's a, a rivalry born out of respect. So I've I've really enjoyed these these matchups. I like seeing them coach against each other. The the line matchups. The the defensive pairs that will go out against uh, which lines, et cetera, et cetera, who's having the, the mental edge. So I, I love watching Adam Keefe as a, as a player. He, you know, um, we do a little podcast in Cardiff, myself, Franny, and Gaz, and we, we did an episode about players we'd have liked to have seen in a devil shirt, and Adam Keefe was uh, was right there, top of the list, uh, amongst a number of other names. So, um, you know, I, I love uh, Adam Keefe, the player. I really enjoyed watching Devils v. Belfast games. Yeah, of course, I want my team to, to come out on top. But um, the Lord Keith matchup all of last season uh, and then culminating in that playoff final, you know, it's, it's just been exciting to watch. And that can only be good for British ice hockey. We're, we're deep into the stretch now. You know, we have a couple of games in hand and a couple of points ahead of us as well. How pivotal is this weekend going to be? You know, we, you looked at the double header that we had last year, obviously, laptop gate and all that. You know, it, it all adds to. What should be a great weekend's hockey? It, it, it does. It'll 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 be huge. Um, you know, right now, um, and and Todd and Andrew Lord wouldn't take this. If you offered me a split series, I'd probably take a, a split series. That would be advantage Sheffield. That's that's what Sheffield are, are hoping. But there's probably enough weeks uh, and enough games remaining that that could be clawed back. If we could take the the four points in Belfast, that would be unbelievable. But it's it's a very very uh, kind of hard, hard thing to do. Um, I, I always feel that if you can, uh, if you can do well on the the, the Friday night and, and, and be in it, the, the Saturday game, uh, I, I just get a feeling the Saturday game can can be won. You know, Friday night is a big night going into the SSE, and the fans are up for it at the end of the week, uh, and that's usually the really kind of emotional, high intensity game. Saturday to me always seems a little uh, kind of uh, uh, slower, uh, and I, I think that's the one that maybe could be picked off. But I'm hoping for a four-point weekend. I think the Devils are, are capable of it. You know, you, you've probably seen a lot of um, comments from fans in Cardiff this year. We've, we've maybe become a little bit expectant, a little bit entitled, dare I say. I, I still think this Devils team um, would be fitting league champions. They've got the skill level to do it. They've got the depth to do it. I think Andrew Lord himself would just talk about the consistency, and that's been our, our big problem. And, and, you know, we had a horrible weekend a couple of weekends ago when we lost to Sheffield in a game we, we probably should have won. And then Andrew Lord questioned the character on the Sunday night going to Dundee, and, and we capitulated a little bit in, in that game. So um, when we play our game, we can, we can be the best team in this league, but it, it really is a consistency issue for us. We certainly know... I certainly know this season all about consistency here in Belfast, but, you know, I look down, you, you talk about depth there, you look down from top to bottom, you know, even Gleason Fournier sitting right up there near the top of your of your statistics, you know, a, a Rolls Royce of a D-man, but, you know, one name that's going to jump out at me was the guy that moved across the RAC over the summer, you know, was was signing Blair Riley uh, uh, as great a sign as it was for Cardiff? As much about weakening Belfast as well as, as taking in a real one of the premium guys in the league? Well, you and I spoke in the summer. I didn't see it coming. The day it was announced that he was leaving, I, I honestly, I, I messaged you, and I, I didn't have any clue where he was going. Funnily enough, at playoff weekend, I was, I, you know, doing some media for the league, and a, a couple of Devils fans said to me, oh, if you could sign anybody from around the league, who would you sign? I said, well, Blair Riley, because he can do a little bit of everything. He's a power forward. He goes to the net. He, he makes hits. He, he wins puck battles on the boards. 
but he can also score you 20, 25 goals a year. So he was the name top of my list. I didn't see it coming, uh, him, him, him coming to Cardiff, but obviously, you know, Mr. Kelman worked his uh, magic there and probably threw in a couple of pound signs as well. I, mm-hmm. I, I love the signing. Um, I love the signing. He, he, he's really kind of coming good now. He started the season very well and then had a, a, an injury. Um, and I think he was playing through that injury and, and maybe production dropped off a little bit. Uh, around Christmas, he started going again and obviously had the, 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 the fillip and the boost of going to the, the Spengler Cup. And that was a huge honor for him. And now he's, he's on a line. Joey Martin's come back into the lineup the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's found some chemistry with Martin. Marion Mackey's gone on that line. I didn't think Marion Mackey could play first line hockey, but he is. So they, they've looked good. But I think Blair Riley, it's all the intangibles he brings, not just his play. I think he's listening to Andrew Lord. He's, and, and you would know, um, you know, he's great on the bench. He's, he's great in the locker room. He, he brings leadership. And going down the stretch, I think he might play his best hockey for, for, for the Cardiff Devils. And, yeah, you know, we've lost players before. I, can, I, I liken it to when we lost John Pelley to, to, to you guys. That, that weekend Dustin gave you a great player, and I, I felt sick for about two weeks afterwards. So I guess that feeling must have been the same over in Belfast this summer. It's, it's a short career for these guys, so we understand, as, as you say, if they get a, a kind of wheelbarrow of money put under their nose, they, they, they can't turn it down. They've got families to think of. But one guy you just talked about coming back into the team there after injury and, and someone who statistically probably this season hasn't produced as much as in, in seasons gone past, it's like getting a bit of a new player. And if he ramps it up here, Joey Martin could be pivotal to you as coming you know, down the stretch here. Oh, it's huge. And, and, and he's playing some great hockey the last... Uh, three or four games he's back in the lineup. It, 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 it's unfortunately been a bit of a, I don't know whether you can have a perfect storm in a negative sense, but it's been a bit of a perfect storm in the sense that Martin was injured in, in pre-season, then Avolio picked up an injury early season, and, and Riley picked up an injury early season, and that was going to be the line. And uh, because all three of them have been trying to play themselves back through injury, I think they've all been fighting the puck a little bit and all been uh, holding their stick a little bit too tight. And, and that line really didn't, quick as it was meant to but now Sean Benavolio has dropped down to the, the, the third line and that's given him a bit of release and he's, he's starting to play his best hockey of the season um, and Martin finally seems to have shaken off um, his injury and I, I put a tweet out on the weekend talk about taking a player for granted I was watching him uh, uh, on Sunday night against Nottingham and he'd almost forgotten what a, an elite player he is I don't think he's the most flashy guy in the league. You know, you don't talk about him perhaps being the best stick handler or pulling all of these moves, but just his awareness on the ice, it seems to be two or three steps ahead of, of, of everybody else. He plays heads up hockey. Um, he's got an underrated shot, a, a fantastic release, a fantastic wrist shot. And he's also probably the best or one of the best playmakers in the league. So having him back, you use the phrase there and I completely agree going down the stretch, going down for this run, and it's, it's like having a new signing. Let's call it then, John. Um, this weekend, what's what's for you, what are the keys to the game? What's going to be the key for your success? And, and dare you even give a prediction? Uh, I, I think prediction-wise, I, I never want to sit on the fence, and I'll, I'll always give a prediction. I think it'll be a split series. Uh, I think it'll be one game each. Um, for, for the Devils to, to get that split series, or, or even hopefully take uh, take uh, both wins. Um, net mining is going to be key. I think Ben Bounds sometimes gets criticized because he doesn't speak with a Canadian accent. He has had a difficult few weeks with rebound control and that sort of thing. He's still the backbone of our team. He's an outstanding netminder. 
Um, if he plays well and wins the net mining duel, we can win both games. And then it's just about consistency down the lineup. And sometimes, and, and, you know, I'm not a professional hockey player, so I would never criticize anybody, but we have some really, really skilled guys, guys like, uh, Charles Lingway and, and, and people like that. Um, but, but sometimes you just want them to do the dirty things first before they, they allow their, their skills to take over. And, and maybe that's where we missed, uh, or dropped a few games. So the key for me is, is having all those elite guys. And you talked about our depth if they can all go together and they can be consistent and they, they realize how big this, this weekend is, um, you know, as I say, if we play to our potential, we can be the best team in the league, but it really has been a, a, a consistency issue. You've got to minimize turnovers. We've got a lot of puck carrying defensemen. That's a great thing. It's really exciting. It leads a lot of our offense, but particularly in the SSE uh, and, and on that Friday night with that, passionate crowd we've got to limit turnovers and we we can't give the uh the giants any easy wins easy goals big thanks to mr donovan um i'll start with you just briefly because you know it's what what needed to be said has been said in a fantastic chat there but uh simon this really is a big weekend for the giants huge absolutely huge um i know we this is david's favorite part of the show we've got to preview the games and uh when you look at the 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 two teams together on paper, you know, they're very, very tightly matched. And, um, you know, I, I think it could come down to special teams this weekend for sure. Um, I think, you know, we really need to be disciplined. Uh, I was talking to Todd Kelman today for quite a while. Um, and, uh, you know, I, um, Tim Coleman. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're bringing a lot of sponsors again this year. My understanding is they're, you know, they're, there's quite a few of them coming over and, and spending the weekend. The, um, Guard friends and wives are coming over as well. So, you know, they're obviously feeling very confident about coming into Belfast and picking up the points. And and for that, you know, it's certainly going to be two tough games against a very good team. But again, if we can stay out of the penalty box, we can beat anybody in this league. So discipline this weekend is going to be absolutely crucial. The one thing I would say is from the elite league side of things, whoever they think is the two best officials in the league, they need to be on this game, these games this weekend. This this has got the potential to be two of the the, the and really set the standard of, of the IHL hockey. I know the, the Cardiff and Sheffield game from a few weeks ago. I watched some of bits and pieces of it, and it was a brilliant game and a brilliant advert for for the IHL. I, I think this could be very much up there. David, I think you know we said last week that given the opportunity of two wins for the Giants, that is a potential eight point swing. So it does make these games very important um yeah for the guys this is you know it really is make or break um you don't really come back what many games are we in the season now? you know I think this is game 52 or something like that isn't it no in terms of the league it's oh, in terms, in terms of, of league. league yeah we're getting towards 40 games and they have 50 odd game season so you know in terms of that it's getting to the real business end where you drop points and it, it can be you know death nail sort of for your for your season you don't want that to happen we've got to somehow come away from with four points from this weekend doesn't have to be pretty just has to be you know it just has to be done you've got to work your socks off this is going to have to be you can't focus beyond the saturday night game anyway i know that's cliche but it's trying to get a 60 minute performance i think if we get 60 minutes performance if we're disciplined if we if we do get that good officiating that simon's talking about and and let the players decide it 
rather than anything else. We'll get five on five, but that's that's down to the players as well. That's not just down to the officials. The officials can only call what the players do. Um, you know, if we get five on five, we get good goaltending from our end, and we'll get good, we've we've got a, a decent roster there. It's deep, and the, you know, when we're coming up for me, this is the the, the two. I know Sheffield Steelers are. You know, won't you thank me for saying this? Considering the the position they're in, and they're a very expensively assembled squad. These are the two heavyweights for me. They've they've, they've juked it out for the last three or four seasons now, and and shared the vast majority of the trophies. And these are the two that want to beat each other the most. Um, so real big games this weekend. Stressful. Uh, you know, these guys are working in a stressful environment at the minute, but you know that's why they're that's why they're paid to play, and uh, you know they're going to be excited about it as well. So. It's, it's it's like we do this every week. It's all the cliches about getting an important start, staying out of the box. It's all the hockey cliches, but it's a simple game. And if you keep it simple, then uh, you know your skill set and your and your your conditioning should come through. And and for me, we, we've got a good roster here, so keep it simple and uh, follow the process. And uh, you pick those boxes, we'll come out on the right side. I don't need to tell anybody out there when these games are because no doubt it's been circled on your calendar. But Saturday, 7 p.m., mm-hmm. Sunday, 4 p.m., get yourself down to the SSA Arena or follow it on Giants TV with Simon Kitchen. And I'm putting it out there, co-commentator Todd Kellman. Go on, lay the gauntlet down. Go on, killer. Get up there, do co-commentate, and let's see how you do it. <laughs> you want to make that call, Simon? You want to make that call? I'm not getting them anywhere near it. <laughs> Not a chance. No way. I would. I wouldn't get a word in edgeways. He's nearly as bad as Lee Russell. That's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm actually hoping. I'll maybe send a text to Lee Russell. I don't know who Man City play this weekend because um, I know he'd love to be doing these games with me this weekend. But uh, I'll uh, I've asked around to see who's what's happening. And I was waiting to hear from from we John Pelly um, to see if he was coming over. I haven't heard from him yet. Now he's been over the last uh, two devil double header weekends. Um, and obviously, with a, um, those, you know, you've got the the clips from the, the game me, last year. Simon. That's the one. Um, you know, and, and be leaveable, this guy. That's, that's the it. very man, the very man. So uh, there's, I'm sure, I don't think it'll be shortened on people wanting to do the comms this weekend. Two potentially two of the, you know, real two really big battles this weekend. But uh, Saturday's the most important one. Let's get it uh, going. I know the boys are really up for it. They, uh, I watched the practice uh, all this morning, um, and uh, I'll be waiting to see what happens on, on Saturday. You know, it's it's uh, you know we're, we're certainly shorthanded again this weekend, and it's going to be difficult. But um, I, I still think five one five have got a chance. I'd love to have Pels back on comms with you, Simon. I think that of all the stuff that I have on the uh, on the soundboard, this one is the best. What a game! Are you kidding me, Simon? Oh, yep, for oh. sure. This game everything. It really did, Simon. It really did. Oh. 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 I don't know what he was going on. Oh. The fans are elated. (laughs) Any other business, chance? I'm going to just briefly start with a big thank you to everybody so far who's contributed to the Bleed Tail 100. I've done a bit of a tut-up. We have had 35 donations from 30 donators. Or donors? Donators? Donors? Um, which is a real boost based on the last time that we had. I think it's like another, what, I think it's easy another 15 
based on the last count that we had a few weeks ago. Keep them coming. Keep uh, donating your blood. Hashtag bleedtail100. Let us know about it. £10 goes to the Northern Ireland Blood Transfusion Service and you'll be able to pick yourself up a drink at the end of the season. Um, any other business from you, gents? I have a couple. Go on. Um, just wanted to say thanks very much to all the uh, OSC members uh, who attended last night. Um, and there was a few extra fans as well after a couple of people couldn't turn up at the bowling night at the Odyssey Bowl. Um, uh, all the players turned up. We had a brilliant night. Um, ben Lake won the players' competition. Um, David Goodwin came last, but was definitely the most entertaining um, on the evening itself. And uh, big kudos to the OSC fans for, sorry, OSC committee um, for. Uh, for making it happen and because last night was so successful excuse me because last night was so successful um we've organized another one uh, for this season uh, and it was announced at six o'clock and by six thirty, it was sold out <laughs> so christine's doing all the hard work for the osc uh, tonight she's replying to everybody's email that was sent in um i know Kiki and andrea for putting it on social media and everybody else as well but uh, again, completely sold out in 30 minutes. Um, and I think with 120 in total. Um, it doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, it'll definitely be another brilliant night. The boys are all well up for, for attending as well. And um, we're also hoping to hold another uh, OSC uh, event, which hope they announce. Uh, I might even, you know what, I might even announce it next Tuesday night. Uh, I'll let Davey, I'll give Davey a shout and party. Uh, you can announce it next Tuesday night for um, a coaches' night. Um, uh, in March as well, just waiting for a few details that to line up, and if we can get the the final uh, thumbs up for that, we'll get that done as well. So, um, brilliant job for game from the OSA, raising uh, a lot of money um, uh, throughout the season, and it's all going. Every single penny goes into helping um, our uh, Belfast chance. Here, here, well done, David. Anything for you? Yes. Um... If says is are you finished? You did you did a couple of things you said, Sam, or is that you done? I, my battery, my phone's dead. I can't remember what the other one is. Yeah, well, I'd just like to close this out then with um, a shout out to a, a Cardiff Devils fan called Massive Baz, whose grandmother passed away suddenly this morning. Um, he was he was on Twitter about it earlier on, saying how upset he was, and he was still making the trip. I think to the Nottingham. Tomorrow, sort of, he was very close to his nan and hockey's a big part of his life. And he had just sent a message to say that his, his nan had passed away and he was in shock. But, you know, he, he's sort of saying to people, go reach out to someone you love, you know, give your, your nanny or your granddad, your mum, your dad, your brother, your sister, tell them you love them uh, and give somebody a hug today uh, and just reach out. Be kind, be kind to each other. Um, he's obviously hurting at the minute and we send our thoughts to him from all the Belfast Giants fan. He, he's quite a new Cardiff Devils fan, but he's uh, really. You know, he threw himself in both feet into, into the hockey world. And uh, he's someone, if you're ever down in Ice Arena Wheels there, you will almost certainly have seen him. Um, he's not uh, too adverse to taking the shirt off for some reason. I, I, don't, I don't understand that myself. But he uh, likes to get the shirt off, swinging above his head or whatever. But uh, massive buzz are our thoughts uh, from everyone here at AVFTV going to you at this uh, terrible time. And uh, thoughts to your, your old grand, Anne. Well said, mate. Well said. Here, here. Yeah. There, you know what? That, that's a really good point, David. And you always put the um, uh, when you say that sort of thing for for fans and and people passing away. You always do that really, really well. Um, yeah. But one of the other things that that just literally brought in my mind when I was listening to you talking 
Um, last night at the OSC night, there was there was a young boy called Jonah. Um, his mum and dad had stuck it on Twitter uh, a while ago that you know he was getting bullied at school. He was getting bullied out in the street, um, and uh, he came along to a Giants match. Um, Adam invited him, of course, because you know it, Adam's just you know fantastic. He, he does great things that it certainly got a lot of it goes unnoticed. Um, and he turned up at a Giants match. The boys took him into the dressing room um, and uh, you know came down to train and what have you as well. And, and he loved it, absolutely loved it. So he's been to a few games since. Uh, his mum and dad managed to get him a spot on the um, ball night last night. Uh, he came along and all the boys remembered him. All of them. Uh, they all said, Jonah, how are you? Brilliant, brilliant. Um, to make the night even better, he put um, his mum and dad had bought him a couple of raffle tickets. We did a raffle for um, for a signed uh, Ricky Palmberg shirt. We did a couple of sticks. We did a few tickets um, and what have you. And he won the Ricky Palmberg shirt. It was probably the biggest chair of the night, to be honest. Um, and, you know, listening to some of the other fans over there last night and watching some of the things that they're was said on social media about how good it was last night. And and during the bowling night itself, Christine does all the teams. So she, you know, there, there's maybe one person wanting to go. And they're a bit nervous coming along, a bit anxious of maybe, you know, going to play bowls with a giant and also three or four other people. Um, but there's absolutely no need to be anxious. They're all Giants fans. And we talk about the Giants family uh, and we talk about the ice hockey family. And I watched last night for people who, Never met each other before. Maybe seen uh, the odd person walking about the arena, never talked to them before, uh, whatever it may be. And last night, there was so much positivity coming through from people who met people for the first time. They've now enrolled to go to the next bowling meeting or bowling uh, night together. Um, they're now meeting, they're arranging to meet up at games. And, and it's absolutely fantastic. And, and all these people who are maybe anxious and, and, and maybe, you know, they, they're just not good around people. Um, that's the story I got from last night. And that's the bit, even I was talking to Jasmine on the way home. I, for anybody that knows Jasmine, or for anybody that doesn't know Jasmine, she's not shy. Um, and, I'm you know, I'm very lucky that way that uh, my daughter's out there. And I don't know where she gets it from. No idea. Uh, but, you know, she was out there and playing bowls with, with people she'd never met before. Um, and of course, those people probably won't to say want this ever want to see her again because she never shut up the whole bloody time. Um, but if we can go out of our way, Davey talks about it all the time in the podcast. If we can listen to you, if you, if you want to reach out, if somebody you just need a a conversation or if you just want to say hello and 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 have a a chat about hockey or, or as Davey you know we put it you know just, just chat the whatever, give us a shout. There's absolutely no issue whatsoever. If you see us walking around the arena whenever the boys are back, just don't be afraid to stop us and, uh, and you know, say hello. Well said. Well said. Fantastic. Right. As I reached out and grabbed my agenda from the floor, just to say uh, a big thank you to Adam Keefe, Bobby Farnham, Ran Lerney, Kieran Long and John Donovan. The two games this weekend, Saturday, 
Cardiff 7pm Sunday, Cardiff 4pm, fantastic weekend, a huge weekend for the Belfast Giants. You also get those games, of course, on Giants TV, but the atmosphere at the SSE Arena is no doubt going to be absolutely electric. What I also will say is we're only two weeks away from Mark Garside's testimonial night and the night before, of course, at the Empire for the, uh, for the draft and all that sort of stuff. If you haven't got your tickets for that, get involved. An absolute legend of the club and that testimonial night's going to be brilliant. I see a certain number 47 is going to be uh, putting the skits on for that as well. Announced in the last couple of days, I think it's going to be a brilliant night. Mark Garside's testimonial just two weeks away. Um, get in contact with us at AVFTB on Twitter, Facebook, podcast at Kingdom of the Giants. Dot com. Kingdomofthegiants.com is the website. Soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTB for all of our audio. Uh, don't forget to cast your vote in the Player of the Month. That will be open until Saturday afternoon on Twitter. Mr. Kitchen and Mr. Majimsey, thank you very much for your time as always. Pleasure. Thank you very much, Chance. And wherever you are this weekend, well, I hope you're at the SSC Arena, but we hope you also enjoy your hockey, and we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Still you ride. Still you ride.